Happy Friday, all you Bible bulletineers out there. It has been one year since we started putting these weekly Bible bulletins into the air, and today we're going to talk about it. Stay tuned. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome back to Bible Bulletin. I am your host, Jonathan Kegabine, and it is still my great privilege and pleasure to bring this content to you. I'm grateful to you, grateful for all you do, grateful that you're listening and learning something about God. Today, we're going to talk about putting something into the air. There is something in the air. We're going to talk about it. Um, we will not have time to go into the depths of it sometime soon. Uh, brother Justin Till and I are going to do an episode together. Maybe I'll just be a guest on his episode and you'll have to go to his podcast to listen to that. But uh, we're going to do an episode together uh, concerning this topic. So I'll only get to touch it today and bring awareness to it. This topic tells you exactly what we are doing here on Bible Bulletin and what you are doing in your efforts to glorify God. We are putting something into the air because the air matters. The air does matter. We're going to take our text from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 8 through 9, but I want to remind you again that this is the first episode of our second season here on Bible Bulletin. We have been doing this for one year. Happy birthday, Bible Bulletin. Happy birthday, Bible Bulletineers. Man, you're celebrating this with me, and I celebrate with you. So grateful for what God is doing. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. This is our bulletin for this week from the Bible. Verse 8 says, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. What Paul is telling us, one of the many things that he's telling us in those words is that we are speaking into the air and what we speak into the air matters. And in this particular context, he's talking about speaking in tongues. And he said, if you have a service where all you're doing is speaking in tongues and someone comes into that service, someone happens into that service. First of all, that tells us that the church service is for the church. Hallelujah. And there is something said there that an outreach is meant to be happening every time we're not having service together. So that when we're having service to the, together, that is the church functioning together. All right, we won't get in too much into that. But he says, so when you're talking in a church service, when you're, when you're praying, when you're singing, some of the words, if not most of the words, the preference is that most of the words would be said in the language, in our case, it's the English language, um, depending on where you're watching this from, if you have some sort of way of interpreting this, I have not developed that yet, but we may, and we may be able to come back to episodes like this one and, and translate your native language, the language of the people in the atmosphere. They need to hear that language. They need to hear 
and glorify God. They need to hear the glorifying of God. They need to hear the word of God. They need to hear the truth. How can someone even believe on him and whom they have not heard? God is sending us to preach. God is sending us to witness to the world and speak in their language what they can understand. But also, the reminder here is that we are speaking into the air. And that seems to be important enough to utter, to make utterance. Paul prayed for a door of utterance. The Bible tells us that when we speak in tongues, we do so as the Spirit gives the utterance. We know that the Spirit will make utterance on our behalf. He will utter on our behalf. He will speak on our behalf during prayer the things that we need to pray about that we don't know we need to pray about. We have spoken about that in past episodes Today, we're going to talk about the thing that's in the air, what's going on in the air. We're going to kind of breach that subject a little bit, maybe unveil something here today. We want to talk about our natures. We're going to go into Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 through 3, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to, in time past, you walked according to the prince and power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, the children of disobedience. When we follow Father Abraham, we follow the father of faith. When we follow Father Devil, then we're following the father of disobedience. And we will become disobedient because we're following the father of disobedience. When we follow Abraham and his seed, which is Jesus Christ, we are following faith. We are following obedience. Then we get that spirit of adoption and get our new nature. But let's talk about that. So we were in time past walking according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Verse three, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So none of us are holy to where we've always been holy. Everybody has sinned. Everybody was born into sin and shaped into iniquity. We like to say that we were born and shaped into that fallen nature. Where did we learn that fallen nature? Adam learned the fallen nature from the devil. The devil had fallen from heaven and he was cast down to earth, him and all of his angels. The Bible says they're cast into the darkness of this world. So we learned that fallen nature from the one who had fallen. Adam and Eve had never fallen before. They didn't even know what it was like to fall. They got that influence from something in the air. A serpent came up to Eve and spoke. He put lies into the air. So our first nature, John 8 and 44, Jesus is talking, I believe, to the Pharisees in this context. And he says to the Pharisees, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. That's why the lust of the flesh and the lust of the devil coincide, because we learned that fallen state from the devil. We were influenced from the devil from the beginning. He was a murderer from the beginning. 
and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. See, the devil is the father of lies. The devil didn't learn how to lie from anybody in heaven. He didn't learn how to lie from God. He fathered that all by himself. And mankind fell under that influence of a fallen state of lying, of disobedience. He is a liar and the father of it. All right. In Galatians chapter four and verse six, and because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's Galatians 4 and 6. That's a new nature. That's a new nature. Because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son. You know, to be his son, you have to have the spirit of his son. You have to have the spirit of Christ to be in the body of Christ. And when you do, you will cry, Abba, Father. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15 through 17, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We get a new father. <laughs> we get a new nature. It's a spiritual nature. Praise God. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. He has to do it with our spirit. He bears witness with our spirit. The witness has to be out of the mouth of two or three. Hallelujah. He bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, how does the spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God? Well, he speaks through us, through our spirit, and that comes out of our tongue. And we call him father in more than one language, Abba, Father. <laughs> when he becomes our father, we'll know it because we'll speak to him in more than one language, an old language and a new language. Praise God. And verse 17 says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, then we are joined into the body of Christ. We operate as Christ, as the son of God, we operate in that capacity as a royal priesthood, chosen generation, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. That's the body. John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13 says, But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, to become the sons of God. There's a becoming to this, even to them that believe on his name, which are born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John 4, 24 tells us that God is a spirit. God is not just a mindset. He is a spirit. So there is a spiritual happening here. There are spirit beings. There is an unseen world called the darkness of this world. And it, it wasn't just for a certain eon of time. It was for this world. There is, there's something absolutely supernatural. There's something very real about the spirit world. We know that there were angels who were called princes. They flew quickly through the air, according to Daniel, according to the prophets. They're in the air. 
and there are angels. One angel in particular, I believe, was Gabriel. doesn't really say in that particular setting. It does shortly thereafter. He's identified as Gabriel. So I believe it was Gabriel who met resistance from the prince of Persia. We know that a man did not resist an angel from coming to Daniel. We know that there is a prince in power of the air who is called the devil, and he is the father of disobedience. He is the father of lies, and he had angels with him. He is in the darkness of this world with his angels. That's what the Bible tells us. And so the only one capable, the only prince capable of withstanding and resisting an angel of God, Gabriel is could be interpreted as the strength of God or man of God. Here is somebody who, who his name signifies that he has strength. And yet as a chief prince, he finds someone who is able to resist him for 21 days until he gets help from Michael, who is also a chief prince. This is someone who has power and authority among the angels, Michael. The archangel, the chief prince, um, the uh, great prince. Um, these are three of the titles given to him and Gabriel. That's kind of what an archangel means, a chief angel, a chief prince. So in, in that sense, they're called princes because they have some rule. They have power. They're powerful beings, and they are in the air. And they found some kind of in the air. He found some kind of resistance from someone called the prince of Persia until he got help from Michael. And I thank God that even though a third of the angels were cast out of heaven and into the earth, and they are powerful in what respect God allows. But the great thing is there's still two-thirds of the angels still on God's side and on our side. (laughs) Amen. We know that at a moment, God decides that their time is up. They're done. It's a done deal. And it's, it's done, did, and over with. There is no more hope for them. There is, uh, they'll have no future outside of burning in the lake of fire forever. We know that the moment God says their time is up, their time will be up. That's how powerful God is. We know that. So we know we're not in some battle where they have some possibility of winning. The only way they win against us is if we submit ourselves to the influence that Satan brought to us in this world in the first place. But if we will abstain from that, come out from that and be separate from that influence, from lust, from worldliness, from sin, which are all coming from the nature of Satan, he fathered that nature. You understand what I'm saying? He started that and influenced that nature. I know some people get into, when you say fathered something, then they try to get into some crazy doctrines. That is as much, he fathered it as much as, uh, I don't know, Einstein fathered the the phrase E equals MC squared. You know what I mean? It's not like he had some sort of relationship with somebody and produced that equation. He had a relationship with, with the science of it. He fathered that. People followed that, and that's how he followed it. If no one ever followed that idea, if everybody rejected the idea of E equals MC square, he wouldn't be the father of that phrase, of that equation. So that's the sense of fathering something by influence. There's a lot in the Bible about air. There's a lot in the Bible about water. And there's bitter water and sweet water. There's good air and bad air. As a matter of fact, in both 
the Hebrew and in the Greek, a current of air has the same name no matter what it is. So if you call it a spirit or a blast of his nostrils or breath or wind, that's all the same word, ruach. Now, there is a couple of exceptions there. That's another Bible study for another day. In the New Testament, that word, for the, it's the same word for all of those that I just mentioned, is pneuma. It's a current of air. It's the movement of air. It's the movement of something you can't see that manifests itself visibly in actions. It manifests itself in the tangible and in the seen world. It's an unseen that manifests itself in the seen. And so simply when you're talking about unclean spirits or devils, it's really just saying a bad pneuma and a bad ruach. The idea is that that this is a bad air. This is a bad spirit. A devil is a bad spirit. It's a bad air. It's a bad uh, breath. <laughs> and not in the sense that it stinks, but yeah, it does stink, but it's, um, but it's, it's an evil breath and it, and you know, bad breath. We say, <laughs> I know this is humorous. I never thought about that till just now. We say, man, that smells like death, <laughs> but, uh, but an evil spirit, you know, what do they bring? But death, the wages of sin is death. And uh, and so if you follow the father of the devil, then death is sure to be in your future. But if you follow God, life everlasting is in your future. That didn't cost you anything extra. Amen. So uh, there is a prince and power of the air. There are princes and powers of the air. But guess what? When you get the Holy Ghost, God breathes the breath of life in you. You get new life. You get the kind of spirit that is holy, that brings life, that brings hope, that brings positive change, that lifts people holistically. Every part of their being, every part of who they are gets lifted by the spirit. It's a resurrecting spirit. (laughs) It's a holy spirit, and it brings the whole of who you are up. You get the Holy Ghost, your finances go up. You get the Holy Ghost, your marriage and your relationships go up. You get the Holy Ghost, and over time, part of your becoming a son of God, see, we get the power to become sons of God. That becoming is a growth process, and he lifts the whole of who we are in the balance of natural and spiritual. He lifts all of who we are. We become more spiritual, but we also become better naturally because he takes away these things that defile the temple of the Holy Ghost. Our body gets better. Our mind gets better. Our habits get better. Our sleep gets better because of the peace he gives us, and that is the plan of God. So if you're having a problem there, remember, that's the promise and plan of God to get good sleep. To have a balanced life where the whole of who you are is lifted. All of your metrics are lifted. You go from a chart that's going downhill fast to a chart 
that goes uphill sharply. <laughs> and it keeps, as you progress in God, it just keeps going up and up and up and up. And before long, you look down at who you used to be because God has lifted you up and you remain humble at that, that testimony that you now have in God. God is lifting you up to higher heights. What I was saying earlier about the, um, the likeness of, of air and water is that there is a fluidity of spirit, good or bad. And so when that fluidity gets in you, it is influence. The fluidness flows into you. It is influence. And that could be good or bad. So you need to make sure that the influence entering into you is coming from the fountain of life and not the fountain of death is coming from the good spirits and not the bad spirit is coming from the Holy spirit, not the unholy spirit It's coming from the Holy ghost and not the devil. We don't listen to worship music that worships idolatry of this world. We don't listen to music that promotes sin and promotes any idolatry of this world. We listen to music that worships God because we want to be influenced into our ear gates and our eye gates, into our mind, into our heart. We are trying to put on the mind of Christ. We don't want to be influenced by evil things. That's the fluidity of the spirit. There's a fluidness. God said that if you come to the well that never shall run dry, then out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. There's a fluidness that happens here. And and there's always a breaking forth. We're going to have an episode about breaking forth. Oh, boy. Where God builds up on the inside of you. But when God breaks forth out of you, that manifestation is big. It's big. It's big. It's big. It's big. It's big. And that, that will show up in the exalting you in all metrics. Okay. All right. We want to move on. There is something in the air, and we want to make sure that we are putting positive content into the air. You watching this, you sharing this, you liking this, you doing whatever you can, giving a good review on one of the podcasts, uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast, whatever format, leave a positive review for this, and that will promote this program. You are helping to put the gospel into the air. We need to put it into the air. He said, what I have shown you in secret that shout it from the mountains. <laughs> You've got to put this in the air. That's why we praise him out loud. That's why we worship him out loud. That's why we preach out loud. That's why we cry loud and spare not. That's why we worship him and praise him on the high sounding symbols and the loud symbols. That's why we praise him on the psaltery and harp and uh, with the timbrel and dance and with the shout unto God with a voice of triumph and we clap our hands. All of this is putting the glory of God into the air. We are competing for the air around us. That's why, that's why we're doing this here at Bible Bulletin. We're competing for the air around us. I know that we just really scratched the surface of this. We talked about things that could go into its own episode. And I hope you're looking forward to hearing some of those and stay tuned sometime or another. We're going to have this interview. Brother Justin Teal is going to interview me or we're going to have a collaborative, one or the other. And you'll be able to hear a little bit more about this and how this affects us every day and the reality of this 
war that we are in, spiritual warfare is real, but it's not that hooky spooky stuff where we have our own version of apostolic Harry Potter. That's not, <laughs> that's not it, but we are competing for the air around us because there is something in the air and we want to put good apostolic Holy Ghost filled content into the air. And you can too. When you enter into a room, put Jesus into the air in that room. When you enter into a space, put truth into that space, into the air. That is resistance to the devil, and he has to flee because now you are taking dominion of the air. God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. 